Welcome to the Inspirate Podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings, and I will be sharing stories and talking with everyday people who will encourage, will inspire, and will motivate. Throughout my journey of life, I have been very lucky to meet many beautiful people with amazing stories of transformation and growth. Inspirate is here to bring out the best of you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another Unsprayed podcast. My name is Kyle Hastings. This episode, we are going to be interviewing Josh Penn. And I say we, it's going to be Bev B and myself. Josh Penn has had a fantastic, fantastic journey of success in his transformation of health and well-being. He had a bariatric procedure, and we're going to learn all about that, what he had to go through for that, before and after. Bev and I, we're going to have a lot of fun talking. I've known Josh for many years, and this conversation will be very lighthearted, but also some serious tones in it. Thank you so much to our sponsors at Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist for all your foot or ankle issues, injuries, concerns. Go ahead, book with Dr. Chris Vittori and Dr. Amit Thakrar at the Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialist. You can visit them online at VittoriFootClinic.com and liking their Facebook and Instagram pages. While you're at it, like Unsprayed on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, go ahead and follow us. And if you're listening to it on Apple Podcast, give us a beautiful rating, a five-star rating that helps us out tremendously. Thank you so much, everyone. Enjoy the show. Something like this, but I am super, super nervous. Why? Why are you nervous? Because yeah. it's... A microphone in my face? Of course I'm nervous. Are you kidding me? I feel like I'm being indicted here or something. I'm on, I'm on the stand talking all crazy stuff now. No, you're fine. Everything is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So you feel better now, don't you? A little warmed up? I'm getting there. I'm probably turning really red because this stuff is a little crazy for me. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Unsprayed podcast. We have uh, Josh. Can I use your last name? On of course this? you can. Josh Patton here. And I have Bev B sitting next to me, and we actually have a third microphone sitting here and not plugged in because uh, for some reason I have to learn how to hook up a third microphone to the MacBook Pro. And But we are doing a duet. This is a uh, like a Bonnie, no, Clyde and Cher. What's this, Sunny? Sunny. Sunny and Cher. Sunny and Cher. That's right. I got you, babe. Yes. And you do, we're both wearing dog shirts, too, and that was completely unplanned of wearing dog shirts. It's really cute, See? isn't it? I, it is pretty adorable. awesome all right so welcome to our official i would say our official third episode we did an intro episode and we introduced uh bev and and she's gonna help us out here she's gonna ask questions it's gonna be pretty cool because she knows nobody that we're interviewing Mm -hmm. and so she does not know your story at all she doesn't know anybody's story and she's gonna keep me on track just in case my adderall runs out halfway through this interview and then i'm asking questions about birds I need the Adderall right now. Something else to go along with it. No, you're good. So, Josh is coming to us, and he's got a remarkable story about body body transformation, health, changing his health. Uh, more or less, he is did a 180. He, he, I would probably say you're you're lighter, almost the same size you were as a high schooler in high school, and you've maintained it. Yes, and which is just a, a fantastic feat. Now we were talking with Jill. Uh, Dr. Lenzen, a couple podcasts ago, about how there's multiple ways, you know, er, er, there's a means for everybody. 
There, there's everybody has their own way of doing things, and it's like ice cream, right? Absolutely. You might like pistachio. Mm-hmm. I like. Uh, I just like vanilla. What type of ice cream do you like? Uh, mint chocolate chip. A mint chocolate chip, but there's there's a way for everybody for weight loss, and there's a way for everybody for health, and it's what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that about mind your business and do what's best for you. Absolutely. <laughs> That's it. Absolutely. So Josh, uh, Josh has a beautiful story and I've known Josh now for what, 10 years. Uh, we're going to go probably about 14 years, maybe a little wow. bit longer. 14 years. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. Well, it's been a good 14 years. It absolutely. It has. So Josh is a police officer and he had to, uh, also pass some power tests, which is a physical aptitude test. And, uh, which is pretty strenuous. And Josh, I believe you were a big boy at the time when you were able to pull that off, though, weren't you? Yeah, I uh, I was about 250 pounds, and I trained for that power test roughly for about two months straight. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Well, Josh, tell your story, man. You've got you've got a pretty impressive story. Let's go back mm-hmm. from uh, where did you grow up, and, and give us something all the way up to when we met. We met. Yeah. Okay. Well, growing up, I was born and raised in Oaklawn. Uh, shortly after I graduated from Oakland Community High School, I played through sports. I played football, I wrestled, and I was a sprinter in track. Now, my size... I'm, I'm sorry, what? I, I was a sprinter in track. When was this? Uh, well, not another lifetime ago? <laughs> <laughs> so, 93, 94, 95, I, I started messing around with running a little bit. Now, through high school, uh, they used to have a thing called the Fat Man Relay. Okay, so... And all the heavy set guys would get on the line and run against other heavy set guys, but yeah. I was really fast. So wow. my track coach came up to me one day, goes, Would you want to be a sprinter? I'm like, Really? I'm like 200 and something pounds. I mean, you really want me to sprint? And they're like, Absolutely, you're fast. So I became a sprinter too. In high school. In high school. Yes, I actually competed very well. People would actually laugh at me when they got into the blocks with me and like, really? And I ended up getting down there faster than them. And they're like, man, let me shake your hand because you're one heavy guy that just passed me up. So I'm like picturing like Usain Bolt in one starting block and like uh, like another Olympian and then Weird Al Yankovic from the fat commercial <laughs> fat video <laughs> and another one and you beat them all. Then you beat them all. That's, that's what it was. It, it was it was insane, and I did it for four years. But you were always an athlete. Always. I yeah. played baseball in my younger years, and it didn't come until I went to high school that I started really getting into sports. Football was my first thing, and then I started wrestling. And then um, track, all in the same, all in the same year. Um, football, I started out as an lineman, and then they realized how fast I was, and then they put me at fullback. And I just kept moving up for there. And then I ended up playing two years of semi-pro after that. That's awesome. Did did you know how to like when you were growing up? What was your diet like? What what was the home? What was your home meals like? And how did you learn how to eat younger as a a young man, a high schooler? Uh, Fast food. I mean, I think all of us growing up on the fast food uh, train. Uh, My dad was a very hard worker. He was gone usually through the day, throughout the night. And then uh, he would just order food. We come home. wasn't that enough time to cook. My dad was a single father. He raised me and my brother, and um, so yeah, he just would order food for us all the time. And that's what he knew what was best. Yeah, was you just order us that. fast food. What do you guys want? And the next thing you know, yeah. he he always blamed himself because I I think I made you fat. 
like you know he just wanted to take care of us make sure that we were yeah. well fed yeah you know so so high school ended you did some a little bit of the semi-pro football and for those semi-pro don't, that don't know what semi-pro is ex- explain what semi-pro football is it, it's basically that you just want don't want to give up on your football career you just want to keep living into that keep you know i'm dream. awesome in high school you don't want to keep on running the ball kind of thing kind of like you kyle or, I'm no. still living a semi-pro career. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm living the dream. Mm-hmm. Still living the dream. Yeah. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That ends. Okay, you're what, 20, 21? I'd say I'm 21. Uh, no, I would say a little bit younger now. So I graduated with 17. So about 19, that stopped because it would just turned into like a hack league. People were out there trying to physically just hurt you, right. cheap shot you, trying to make a name for themselves. It took away from the sport of having fun. And doing what you wanted to do. So you were still probably eating fast food. Oh, yes. Probably yeah. drinking after the games. Oh, absolutely. A lot yeah. of drinking, especially on the bars on 95th Street, going out yeah. with the guys all the time, eating, drinking, eating burritos after the bar. I mean, it, it, it's endless. Were you gaining weight? I was becoming a large unit. Absolutely. A large unit. A very large unit. I was increasing size in all types. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say to that. About all the large yeah. units. Yeah, I mean, very wow. large unit. Wow. So that ends. You start working, and when did you have your first kid? How old were you? I was just turning twenty-two. So you're a young dad. You're very young, very young. The, the bar scenes um, got cut out after that. I changed my lifestyle around. I couldn't uh, spend my checks at the bar no more. So I had to be more responsible. I actually had to go out and find a full-time job and because I'm going to be this dad, you know. And I got to do something. You know, I got to take responsibility for my actions and myself. So I can't waste my money eating and drinking all the time with my friends. When that happened, when, when your son was born, that's your firstborn is your son that I know of. Yes. Okay. That we know of. That could be your firstborn. <laughs> but your, your son was born, and you got, had to get a full-time job. Was that a conventional, like, a seven to three job or, like, a regular, let's say, working hours? Or what was that? What did that land for you? I worked for a tow company in Orland Park, and I started there. Um, they gave me a good opportunity to drive a truck. So everybody knows – well, maybe not everybody knows, but driving big trucks and doing towing, you're constantly gone all day. You're eating on the run. And not only you're eating on the run, you're eating and sitting in your truck. So, again, now you're gaining some weight. You're gaining some big LBs. That would be similar to, like, a police officer's role or a, or a truck driver, any type of sitting, sedimentary mm-hmm. position. Uh, you sit, you snack, you eat, stay awake. You eat to stay awake. Oh, absolutely. Just like in law enforcement, the same thing. You, you see a lot of us. I'm not going to sit there and, and give credit, but a lot of us officers, that's how we learn. We, we would go, we drive through the drive through we eat, we eat in our car, we continue to work, we'll do a couple walks here and there, but it, not enough to burn off what you're putting in your body. Yeah. So you're constantly just sitting and eating. Wow. So you, you were a tow truck driver. You did that for how many years? Uh, roughly about 10 years. 10 years. Then you got the itch to get into law enforcement. Yes. When when did that happen? Um, I've always wanted to be a police officer, and my mom uh, was a police officer for Blue Island. And I've always wanted to not 
before her even becoming a police officer, it's something I wanted to do. And it seems like she got there before I did. After seeing her do the job, I really wanted to do the job. So I reached out uh, to um, G- uh, Chief Scully at the time, and I asked him, hey, you know, I'm interested in being a police officer for Orland Hills. You know, what would I need to do? I mean, I, I need some kind of guidance. He goes, well, he goes, you can come here as a CSO. He's like, I've known you before. And a CSO, explain that. Uh, it's a community service officer. So it's a, kind of like a stepping stone to get yourself into law enforcement. I want to say it's like an interview. Um, you come in. They interview you. You go out there. You um, perform the jobs as a police officer, but at a lower standard. Um, okay. You're doing. Um, you're learning the streets. You're learning how to write tickets. Mm-hmm. This is this something that you want to get into? You know, helping other people out. And um, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. And he asked me one day. He goes, "Would you like to be a part-time police officer?" And I said, "Absolutely. I would love to." Do. He goes, "All right. You got to pass the power test." I said, "Oh boy." And now I'm almost again. I'm gonna go back to I'm a large unit, okay? What were you weighing? Two yeah. fifty. I was roughly about two fifty, two sixty. How, how tall are you, right? To just so someone could, if they don't know you, they can have a they can picture. I'm gonna give myself a little credit. I think I got a little bit shorter, but at that time I was about five ten. So you're about five nine. Yeah, right now I'm about five <laughs> nine. It seems like when I lost weight, I got shorter, or as I get older, I get shorter. I have no idea. So five nine ish, and okay. two hundred fifty pounds. You're going to have to pass this power test. And what were you, 29? Yeah, I would say about 29, 28, somewhere around there. Now, do you remember what the standards not were? Not waist size. Not waist no, size. Not at, not, not, not at all. Not even no. close. <laughs> what, what were the standards for the power test? To ple- it's, what does it stand for, the power test? It's an acronym. Yeah, you know what? You're putting me on the spot right there. I really don't know the acronym. It's just basically some um, agility that you need to do to – say that you're good enough to get into the academy or I'm not really for sure. So it's a bench press? Bench press. Um, it's a sit and reach. It's sit-ups, and it's a mile-and-a-half run. So I had to do all these things. The most thing I was worried about, I could bench press a Buick, okay? That was no problem, benching. You know, I was a heavy guy. Heavy guys can lift some heavy weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I was worried about the sit-ups and the run because as a big guy – you're putting a lot of weight on those knees and legs, back. So you got to train. And if you don't train, you ain't passing that power test. I don't care what you say. Wow. So you got up to you got up to 250 pounds. You ran a 1346 mile and a half. I think that's what the time the time Yes, was. I do believe so. 1346. So you're cruising. That, that's that's a good clip of running. The lifting's easy, you know, it, it would be an easier part, but you're heavy and you got probably 50 pounds heavier over the course of eight, nine years, 10 years. Oh, absolutely. So in that course, you also had a daughter. Yes, I did. Yeah. And having a daughter now, you, you were also working, working a ton of hours between the tow and then part-time officer. What was going on at home with like home food? And were you guys eating out more or less like a repeated behavior of what you learned? Because... You, you were trying to provide as well and, and, you know, brought home meals, you know, takeout meals? Oh, definitely a lot of, again, I mean, what's the fastest way to put meals on the table is you just order it and it gets delivered, you eat, and you go to sleep because you get ready for the next day. It's quicker. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's even, sometimes it's even cheaper to order food than sit there and go out and buy healthy food. So we just order food and just eat it on up. How sad is that? 
Very sad. Good food is uh, good food is expensive. Yes. Crappy right. food is is cheap. Mm-hmm. You can feed a whole family off of a fifteen dollar large pizza, but it's not healthy for you. Bev, you do shopping at the house. I I do the majority of the shopping at the house, and you know they don't call it whole paycheck for nothing. If you really want to eat healthy and organic, it's yeah, it's totally expensive. And you have a total of four heads in in the home. Yes. Two two children and a husband. Yes. To Actually, shop. three children, but. He's a giant child. Yeah, he is a giant child. <laughs> That's the, her husband. Yes. Tim. He's yeah. a good guy, but he's a yeah. child. What What would that run you a month for groceries? A month? Oh my. There's sometimes when a week I'm, I'm spending two hundred and fifty dollars, and that's not even eating organic or healthy. I mean, that's you know, there's unfortunately there's a ton of processed foods, and as you know, Josh, you start eating all those processed foods, and you just start packing it on, and carbs are cheap. Carbs are so cheap. Yes, they are. You know, and that's why you start making pastas and potatoes and, you know, meat's expensive. Yeah. Vegetables are expensive. And if you want a vegetable that actually looks like a vegetable, it's, yeah, you're going to pay a lot more for it. So cucumbers aren't supposed to look like my arm from my elbow to my hand? That's no. not a normal no. cucumber? <laughs> like this? No, 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 no. I'm not sure what that's like, you know. But, wow. yeah, it's, it, 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 it's sad. It is very sad. Josh, I gotta. A- I'm sorry. I gotta, I gotta ask just a little bit more about like the food. Like, what were your, what were your places that you would go to? Like, when, and how much would you consume? Because that's the other question that I have. Is it's like, is it just one extra value meal, or are we talking? Oh, you know, ooh, I one extra value meal. <laughs> See, I was a big McDonald's fan because you get the dollar menu. You can order tons of stuff off the dollar menu. You can eat some chicken sandwiches, a couple burgers. It's cheap. So like yeah like chicken like you're talking like two chicken sandwiches a couple yeah, of McDoubles yeah like oh you myself yeah. two yeah well, I was a big double cheeseburger so it was ninety nine cent double cheeseburger so two double cheeseburgers and two spicy McChickens that's what I'd eat that was just for lunch but during the day they would have I get the two sausage biscuits and four hash browns that's just that's just for a little breakfast what were your not what were your numbers like with cholesterol and blood pressure because I, I remember what mine were working that same lifestyle as you, but you were still considerably smaller than I was. What what was your cholesterol? What was your blood pressure, your triglycerides? Did you ever get physicals or were you at the point where you knew how much damage you were doing and you're like, ah, maybe I don't wanna I don't wanna go you know, find out what the truth is. Well the truth is at that young age, who really goes to the doctor? When do people actually go to the doctor? As they get older, mm-hmm. but younger, you feel like you could just tackle the world. I don't need no doctor to tell me anything. I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm young and dumb. Yeah. So you gain, it's insane. It's a lot of food, man. I don't even think I was ordering. I, I was ordering wow. food, but. I didn't tell you about my pasta servings yet. Okay. I wait, wait till I explain oh you my, my pasta goodness. servings. What was your pasta yeah. servings? Okay. So my wife, we, she, I'd have this special bowl at home. That I would fill up with at least one of those. What is a sleeve of pasta in the boxes? Is that like a pound or a half a pound or something in a sleeve? I, I honestly don't. I haven't had pasta in. Yeah. You go to get, you go to Walmart. You yeah. get the great value pasta. You pour it in there, whatever. Well, I'd have a bowl just specially for that, and then she would buy me my own box of cheesy garlic bread. That would be my sitting, and then you top it with Parmesan cheese, and it was like half the thing of Parmesan cheese, and that's what I would eat for dinner. 
The whole thing. Uh, large unit size, yes. Whole thing. I don't know. That's a ton of food, man. It's a lot of food. Can you just imagine the amount of carbs that are in that? No. No, I can't. It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So you pass the power test, you're 250 pounds. Right around, when did you do your power test? 2012? Uh, Power test was done in January of 2009, right in the beginning. I trained for it prior for roughly about two months. And during those two months, I dropped from 250 to 230. Felt good. Yeah, absolutely. It felt great. I was running. I was exercising. I was doing what I was supposed to do because I really didn't want to let the village down and my chief down. That you know, you don't want to go back and be like, "Hey, man, I failed the power test. <laughs> Thanks for everything." You know, you, you you want to make someone look good, so that's what my goal was. You went on to pass the academy. You, you did great, but you were also gaining a little bit of weight. Absolutely. So let's fast forward to your heaviest. Where were you? 300. 300 pounds, 5 foot 9-ish, 10-ish. Give me an inch or so. So about 5 foot 9-ish, and you're 300 pounds. 300. Do you remember when you realized you were 300 pounds or when you got on the scale, that moment when you weighed 300 pounds? Yes. I I, I don't tend to go back to how, how how I found out. I just started not feeling good. And I'm like, I'm going to go get myself checked out at the doctor. Um, the worst part about being heavy is knowing that you're breathing heavy when you tie your shoes. Um, at this time, I was working for the railroad. And uh, at the railroad, it's kind of gets, you kind of get lazy at the railroad. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I gained the majority of my weight. Because, again, it's a lot of sitting as well. And then... A lot of other railroad guys are kind of heavy too, so you kind of like start eating with them. Mm-hmm. Or you bring food with you on the train and you get stopped somewhere and you're there for eight hours and you're looking around the middle of nowhere and what are you bored? So I want to eat. Then you sleep. Mm-hmm. You eat and you sleep. Then you go to your hotel. You eat, you go to sleep, wait for the call to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I noticed that I was getting large because my uh, pant sizes started going up. I constantly keep buying more and more new clothes. So <clears throat> I felt like I was tired all the time. So I went and saw the doctor. The doctor's like, you're 300 pounds, man. You know, you're, you're 5'10". Well, as you would say, I'm 5'9 now. But ish. Ish. Um, maybe you should go get a sleep test. Okay. And uh, maybe we should put you on some. Your blood pressure's a little high. Maybe we should put you on some of this. Uh, I think they call it hydrochloride side or something. It's a water pill. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm supposed to bring my blood pressure down i do believe it was um 149 i don't remember what my bottom number was 80 or 90 or somewhere around there i'm, I'm, I'm not for sure but i know i always remember i was in the high 140s and he's like yeah i'm gonna put you on this we're gonna send you for a sleep test i'm like okay cool my wife told me that uh i would stop i would stop breathing in my sleep and uh that's scary right off the bat mm-hmm. she says you snore really loud keeps me up all the time and um I feel like you're not going to wake up because I can hear you stop breathing. And none of us know that we stop breathing. Right. So I went for my sleep test and uh, I had sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Um, that's embarrassing. I mean, there's a lot of heavy people out there that I, I don't want to knock or anything like that. They, they have the sleep, the sleep apnea and they have that machine. But to me, it was embarrassing because I had to keep, I had to put a, a mask on my face to keep me breathing and to keep 
air to open up my windpipe to, to make me sleep good. And I shouldn't have, at my age, I shouldn't have any of that stuff. So you're 300 pounds, you're, you're struggling to breathe to tie your shoes. And it's pretty much because you, your gut was pushing up into the lungs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume so. I'm not a, not a uh, doctor by any means, but no, me I, either. I was right there too. So that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. It was, it was tough. It, it was tough to do basic tasks. Mm-hmm. Hopped on that scale and more or less it was like a punch to that 300 pound gut that you can't believe you're 300 pounds. There's like no way. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's my very, heaviest ever. It's a surreal. I remember when I got on the scale and I was, they said I was 415 pounds. I remember telling somebody that I was 415 pounds. I remember the day I turned 300 pounds. Remember that like it was yesterday. And we were at, it was at the Tilly Park Fitness Center. It was called Healthy Attitude. It was on Harlem and 175th in Tilly Park. I got on the scale. I was there with a real good friend of mine, Mike, and... Uh, Mike and I were lifting during the summertime, and I was just getting ready for football. I think it was my freshman in the sophomore year, or mm-hmm. sophomore in the junior year. I got on the scale, and I yes, how much do I think I weigh? I said like 280 pounds, maybe 290. He kept going, and it was over 300 pounds. Oh and I got off of it, and he looked at me. And he goes, "You can't even wrestle high school heavyweight anymore." That's embarrassing, isn't it? It, I, it just, <laughs> I couldn't believe it because I remember in high school some of those 300 pounders. They were flabby. I mean, they were just sloppy messes. And I wasn't sloppy at 300 pounds. That's why I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. When I got on the scale at 400 pounds, at 415, I still sort of couldn't believe it, but I knew how big my clothes were. You know, I knew I was mm-hmm. at a, like a 4XL shirt. I was at a 56-inch waist. Mm-hmm. But I was strong. I didn't think I was 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. I did have the laboring. You know, certain things I did get a little winded on just because how big I was where I was carrying my weight. Mm-hmm. But it was, it's, that was a big reality check for me was, wow. I mean, just like for you for 300, I mean, 400, should, I should have been like that. 300, too, been like, wow. But that's, that's huge. That, that's a huge feeling of disgust. Absolutely. Thank you so much to our newest sponsor, Palermo's of 63rd Street. Palermo's authentic Italian food, made with quality ingredients and unique sauces, has attracted vast attention and praise for their sweet, distinctive qualities. Palermo's of 63rd Street Pizza has been recognized as Chicago's best. Palermo's of 63rd Street now has three locations to better serve its customers. The original location at 63rd and Hamlin in the city of Chicago. Palermo's of 63rd Street in Frankfort, Illinois at 446 South LaGrange Road, and Palermo's newest location, Palermo's of 63rd and Maryville, at 2893 East 81st Avenue. Visit Palermo's of 63rd to get all three locations' phone numbers at www.palermosof63rd.com. When you call and order that famous Palermo's of 63rd pizza, tell them Kyle sent you. I was going to ask, Josh, what did your family say? Like, what did your wife, your kids, you know, other family members, did anybody, did anybody say anything? No, not really. Really? Uh, that, I've always been heavy all my life, so everybody just thought, you know, as I get older, I get heavier. I, I don't know. My, my wife never made any kind of comments about my weight or anything like that. She okay. was very supportive. You know, going back, I mean, I, I remember when you almost killed me. We, we went on this crazy run. That's why it was kind of crazy with, with, with Kyle here because 
<laughs> this guy, right? He goes, hey, want to come run with me? Well, give, the, give a little bit of a backstory. Oh, no, 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 Everything's no, no. crazy I'm, with I'm Kyle. Come there. on. Give a little, going out there? Here's, here's the backstory on that. Wait a minute. So I was the king of the yo-yo dieters and yo-yo fitness where I would go just insane put it at sixth gear for three months in a row four months absolutely in a row. absolutely and so one year i i thought you know what i'm gonna do a triathlon and yep. that was in 2007 sarah and i did the chicago triathlon oh and we were both heavier but we we had a goal we had a goal in mind and it was two it was twofold one was we wanted to look good in the wedding photos because it was wedding wedding time for sarah and i <laughs> But two was also we were doing it with team and trainings. We were raising money for uh, my uncle John uh, at the time. He he had uh, lymphoma, mm-hmm. uh, and then Sarah's dad Ron had pancreatic cancer. Oh. I think it was pancreatic cancer, oh. and they were both pretty sick. And those were our our motivators of we were going to train. We we're going to do something that neither neither one of us thought we could do, nor would anyone else when they saw us. And so we had two big motivators, and we did it. And then 2009 came, uh, Sarah had Maggie, and I was watching the Ironman World Championships on NBC. And so they had Mike Rowe was the narrator of it. And it is some of the most inspiring stories on, on these NBC, on the NBC Ironman World Championships. So they would show like this one story of his name was uh, Rick and Dick Hoyt, where he, his son had, he had like, um, CP or he had a, uh, a disabilitating condition where he couldn't he couldn't swim or walk or bike, oh, wow. and so his dad pulled him, did an Ironman, did a, the Kona Ironman, pulled him in a raft swimming, qualified for the swim, moved on to the bike, carried him out of the water, put his son in the bike where it was a tandem bike, did 126 miles on the bike, biking with his son on the bike, oh. and then ran 26 miles with him in a, in a modified, uh, like a running um, assisted machine. I don't even know what you would call it. So I'm watching this and I'm, I'm a mess, just a mess watching these stories. Someone that just got diagnosed with ALS. He's like, I'm gonna go do an Ironman. Guy had ALS and anyone knows that the ALS, I mean, that, that, that's tough. That, that's mm-hmm. a tough thing to get. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, he yeah. did, and then he did the Ironman having ALS. I mean, it was just one story after, I was just so moved by it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do an Ironman. Yeah, you did. So that was right around December. <laughs> and and I was I was probably about 330, 325, 330. I gained about 30 pounds in the two years. Uh, but I was also in law enforcement. I was working a part-time job, part-time security job, and working law enforcement full-time. And I was eating out and doing all that. Mm-hmm. But I found time to train. And I did the Ironman training. I did two-a-day training from December until, say, July. I did it. And I was running in the morning or swimming in the morning, running at night, biking in the morning, running at night, wow. doing splits. And I got it. I got majority of it done. I felt just short. And that was because of my swim time was short. They eliminated the uh, the, the uh, uh, the skin, I forgot the name of it, the wetsuit. It's a buoyancy thing. And I'm not a strong enough swimmer to be, to, to swim on my own in a river for two and a half miles. But Josh was, uh, you know, just, you're just a good dude. You're like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm training for the Ironman. I got to do a run. You want to go run with me? And Josh is like, yeah. Now, yeah. I haven't ran in like 
probably like oh my God. almost six years. And I don't want, I mean, this is going to sound really bad and cruel. You didn't do anything for six years. <laughs> yeah. I literally, I'm like, I'll, I'll run. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. So, I didn't, nothing. Now I've, I've already done a half marathon. I've, I'm doing 10 mile runs, eight mile runs. I was in running shape. I was a big boy, but I was still able to go right. jog. So Josh comes over and I'll let Josh take it from there. So he's like, all right, we're going to go for a run. We're just going to do a quick one around the block, whatever. I'm not lying. I felt like I was gone for five hours <laughs> and I ran to Indiana and back. Okay. Cause he took wow. me on this long jog and I'm like, I, this guy's a lot bigger than me. I said, I got to stay with him. Okay. End of story. I'm, I'm going to stay with this guy. So we're jogging and he keeps on going. And I'm like, I see we're getting further and further away. And I'm like, man, I thought we were just going around the, you know, do a couple blocks or something. Next thing you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm a mile out. Next, it's like two miles out. It had to be at least a five mile run. Oh now I haven't, haven't run in years. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not failing with this guy. So I kept on going. I was sore. I, I never ran again with him. Uh, really? he, he half killed me. I, I didn't walk right for a month. We, we ran for, I think it was six miles. It we, had to we be. Did, we did oh a six-mile jog, and we, we ran on unstable ground for about a mile of it because it was gravel where uh, 183rd was a, wasn't even done then. Yeah. We were yeah. running on 183rd, yeah. and it was just gravel. They just laid it. and you, But you kept up. And I you, never stopped. And I never stopped stop, my feet. And you didn't quit. And there were several times, Bob, I looked at him and I said, Josh, we can mm-hmm. stop. Let's walk. You're like, no, we got, you have to run. You have to train. Absolutely. And wow. he kept it up at a miserable 300 pounds. And I'll never forget it. That's why I threw it right back <laughs> at him right now. I'll never forget <laughs> that run. But you finished it. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. why? Because the body will achieve what the mind believes. It's mind. Absolutely. Can you say that again? The say body that. will achieve what the mind believes. Think about that, yeah. So your will was in it. Yes. Your body mm-hmm. wasn't, but it carried your body. It Absolutely. Your body. 300 pounds working on the railroad. You just did a 10K with me <laughs> without any training. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without any training. And, and that was 2000, 2011, I think that was. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, 2010, 2010. Wow. Fast forward now. We're going to fast forward six years, seven years. I think that's right around the same time. You stayed around 300 pounds. Yes. Your clothes probably got 25%. You had to get 25% size increases. I was a, a 42-inch waist and a 3XL shirt. But you wore your pants low. Did you wear them? Like, I mean, this is for like guys. I don't know where girls wear their pants, but you either wear them below the belly Oh, absolutely. Right? Or at the belly button line. Oh, I'm underneath the... Uh, You're underneath. Yeah, and it, I again, felt good about yeah. the 42. I was probably a good 44 if I put them on my belly. If you wore, if you wore them like at the right, wow. but you yeah. wore them low. So you didn't have to graduate to the big man's mm-hmm. store for pants. I was almost there. You're almost there. I, I felt, you know, every time you go look for a shirt, mm-hmm. you know, I can't fit in a medium. Definitely couldn't fit in a large or an extra large. And that's where I you find a nice shirt and like... Wow, they don't have my size. Then you had to go settle for a bigger shirt that you didn't even want. Was was there a lot of jokes? Like, did you joke about your weight a lot? Like, make it into, like, comedy where everything was like a ha-ha? Mm-hmm. You know, you do. You do. And that that's, you know, I, I know a couple of your uh, previous podcasts, you talked about people that joke about their weight when they're heavy. A lot of people do that. They'll, they'll yeah. tease on themselves. I think we've all made comedy about our own weight. Mm-hmm. I kind of recall the things I've said about myself 
most likely not. But I was always a fat kid, and I love being fat. My my license plate was fatty, F A T T E. Are you serious? Absolutely. My my email address is fatty ninety nine. Um, they called me Fatty uh, when I was in football. My my best friends gave me the, the uh, nickname Fatty, and it's always stuck with me ever since. I'm just a fat kid at heart, you know. Now, so so the self depreciating humor that comes with being big, you gotta make light of something for awkward, very awkward situations. Mm-hmm. You gotta make light of that. You're breathing hard to tie your shoes. You're hitting a wall. Did your, did your kids say anything like that? You're getting big, or were, were they, or you were just normal? They didn't know you any different. They didn't know me any different. Do you wish your wife would have said something? You know what? I, my wife accepts me for who I am. Right. She didn't but marry me. But did she me. see it as a concern, as a health, right. like health concern? When, yeah. when she sees you struggling to tie your shoes, now we have a different kind of concern versus just a big man, or you can't even catch your breath when, when you're opening up the refrigerator door. Mm-hmm. My wife really didn't make no comments or, or anything like that. She, my wife is very supportive, and she, the next step, she would have been like, well, maybe you should go to Velcro. <laughs> you know, my wife definitely would have never said anything about my weight. Just modifications. <laughs> yeah, right. just, well, let's we'll, we'll go get some Velcro shoes now. We'll just wear slippers all the time. Right. Yeah. You don't have to bend over. You just slide them right in. That's okay. <laughs> That'll be the next step. Don't even worry about it. You started to probably think around those times of how am I going to make a difference? How am I going to change myself? What was what was that point where you you hit bottom? You hit the bottom of the valley, and you, you did not know what to do. You you were rock bottom physically. You're a rock bottom. I'm going to say mentally too, because mm-hmm. that that takes a toll. And you were probably very limited on activities that you could do, or and eventually it chip chips away, and you have nothing to chip away at. When was that moment? That sleep apnea thing scared scared me not be on all the breathe and I was afraid that one night I would stop breathing and I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't wake up um, the the troubles of tying your shoes breathing heavy tying your shoes waking up and you don't want to do anything you just yeah. want to sit mm-hmm. there's no will to do anything mm-hmm. and I know no one likes the treadmill but I would get on the treadmill just to try and my calves would tighten up so much from the amount of weight that's just pushing on my knees and legs that you were just in pain. And you're just like, I don't even want to do this no more. So you just try to carry it around the best you can. And I didn't want to do it no more because I was scared that one day, like I said, I was not going to wake up and I wanted to be, I wanted to live long for my family. Yeah. Yeah. So that came, what were you exploring for options of how am I going to, become healthy what was what was your outline at first of what did you think about did you do like any of the fads did you um Mm -hmm. what did you do at first to to make this choice of i gotta change well growing up we've all tried all these awesome great diets that don't work you know from doing these liquid diets strictly liquids uh not I know that um, people count their macros now, which is a very good scientific thing. I was never given that option to do that, but I would try to watch my calories. I try to exercise more. But to me, once you're big, you're hungry. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cut out some of this, but I'm still hungry. Yeah. So you just you slip off this stuff and you just start overfilling yourself. So I knew from a lot of people that 
I talked to that they had weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, they told me about it. They said, listen, you know, uh, a good friend of mine, his wife goes, I had a ga- uh, not gastro bypass. I had the sleeve. Okay. I've heard about that. And um, it worked out really well for me. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So I started looking into that. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do too much review on it. I talked to a friend of mine. Uh, she said, um, use my doctor, Dr. Gerald Cahill. He was out of a little company in Mary at the time. I said, mm-hmm. okay. And he's a bariatric doctor? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, so I go to call, and he's not there no more. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, where did this guy go? So I started searching. He ended up moving from a little company in Mary to uh, Franciscan, which is in Olympia Fields. Okay. I contacted him for a free consultation. He came, I went into his office, and he, uh, he weighed me and everything, looked at me. He goes, you're really not that big. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I usually see people that are, you know, four plus. He goes, you're really not that big. You're 300, you know, maybe a little modifications. I said, I don't even want to hear it about modifications. Mm-hmm. I says, can we get it done? He goes, yeah. He goes, uh, what kind of medical problems are you having? I says, well, I have, I have uh, sleep apnea. And I have borderline high blood pressure. Next, I think I'm going to be diabetic. I don't know where it's going to take me yet, but I, I know that a lot of things are going on that we need to get fixed. He goes, well, he's like, um, I told him the insurance. He goes, um, okay, he goes, the uh, sleep apnea will qualify you for a medical surgery. Oh, okay. So uh, is it cosmetic if it doesn't? You know, I'm not for sure. I think you got to be a certain BMI or certain weight, I have no idea. But he says, I wasn't heavy enough. I felt like, do I got to go home for the next month and just slam a bunch of pasta bowls? I mean, is that what I got to right. do here? Right. Um, no, but he uh, he ended up calling me and says, listen, I submitted everything to the insurance. Um, you're good to go. You have to do a six-month uh, process. Um, you're going to ask me what that six-month process well, is. I'm going to ask you, so there's – you hear bar- bariatric surgery, and there's a sleeve. What's the sleeve? I want to go. And you probably researched what these are before you did this, correct? Um, not really. He gave me the options of uh, the sleeve or a bypass. Okay, so explain what both of those are. Um, the sleeve is they remove eighty percent of your stomach, and then they make a small little pocket that your food goes into. Um, and then on the bypass, they just totally, I don't, they remove your stomach, but they bypass. Nothing goes in your stomach. It just goes right down. Um, the problem with the bypass is you suffer from both of these, uh, you suffer from vitamin deficiency on both ends, okay. but you suffer more from vitamin deficiency because you have, you're, you rely on your stomach to break down the food, to break down the vitamins, mm-hmm. to give you those nutrients. Mm-hmm. Correct. Well, the bypass doesn't. It's automatically bypassed. You got to take a lot of vitamin supplements, and um, there was an oh, and diabetics uh, also go right to the bypass. And for some reason, hmm. when you're diabetic and heavy, mm-hmm. if you get that bypass surgery, you're no longer a bi- diabetic. Really? Yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. A lot of people that who are diabetics had the bypass, and they were no longer diabetics anymore they didn't have to take their insulin no more nothing everything came back normal so i had the sleeve i didn't i figured that i still wanted my stomach i still want that you know Mm -hmm. it's still there um i know that if they got me to a certain point and we all know these are tools um they got me to a certain point i'll maintain it because it was already in my head 
that I didn't want to do this no more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get thinner. I wanted to get healthier. I wanted to be able to run. I just, I wanted to wrestle with my kid a lot. I wanted just to be that go around dad, not breathing heavy and having fun. Right. You talked about the process then. There's a six month process. So you've made the decision that this is the best route for you. And there's a means for everybody. And for some people, it might be option A. Some people might be option B. This was your option. This is what fit best for Josh. Yes. You had to go through a six-month process? Yes. What was that process? You have to see your the doctor. He recommends his counsel, basically. Mm-hmm. You see this doctor uh, each, time, each month for six months, and he w- teaches you how to basically – re-eat you got to eat slower you got to eat these kinds of foods we got to kind of like get you on the mm-hmm. process of eating better okay. but we need to eat slower not inhale your food then also during that process you have to see a nutritionist because okay. she wants to teach you the foods that you're going to be eating mm-hmm. also a little bit of exercise on top of that okay then during that whole whole ordeal you have to see a psychologist to make sure that you're in the right mindset that to do this surgery okay. so it's not a failure for you and you're doing it for the right reasons. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's pretty involved. You think about everything that goes into that. Wow. So you're 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 6 months into it. Mm-hmm. You have made this decision. Do you tell people what you're doing? Absolutely. I was proud of it. I'm, I'm going to change my life, and I want people to know that no matter what decision you're doing, I'm going all in. I'm going to get this surgery done. You're making a positive decision. Absolutely. You got two groups of people. Mm-hmm. We're with you. Why are you doing that? Two, two groups. They, let's go. Let's do it, Josh. I'm with you. Yep. The other group of people, well, why don't you just change your diet? Why don't you just change this? Mm-hmm. You have the other side, the yin and the yang, the positives and the negatives. Oh yes, you definitely. Yeah. I definitely had that. What Absolutely. were the negatives? What 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 was the social perception of Josh is going to go have a bariatric procedure to lose weight? The negative comments I got that it's kind of sad that you have to have a doctor remove your stomach because you can't control your eating. Why don't you just listen to the doctor and cut out your foods? At that point in my mind, those are, right. those were a lot of the comments that'll wear you down. At that time, I already knew I couldn't, right? And I tried and I tried. I gave yeah. all my effort, and I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I was at the point where I was just I kept on failing, and I didn't want to fail no more. And I needed us this tool. I needed this tool because I knew if I can get down to a certain amount of weight, I can maintain it. That's exactly why I made that choice. And the comments were just like I told you. You actually have to have a doctor remove your stomach to control your eating. What was, what was the, mo- you don't have to say their name, but mm-hmm. what was some of the most shocking people in your circle where you thought they were with you and they would throw a jab at that? I didn't have any people in my circle that are my true blue friends. Um, that made comments like that at all. They're always supportive. You do what's best for you. Sure. You know, if you need anything, let us know. And I was at the railroad at the time. So a lot of those guys that I worked with for the last, for mm-hmm. four years straight, they always, we always helped each other out no matter what. So they right. had my back. That's yeah. great. And they encouraged it. Let's do it. 
And there's more people that did this surgery after I did it. I felt like I was the guinea pig. And they even told me, you were the guinea pig to see if this wow. thing was going to be successful. Wow. You woke up, surgery day. Mm-hmm. You knew that today was a rebirth. You, you were literally, you're going to go to sleep. They're going to put you to sleep for an anesthesia. And you're going to wake up reborn. Literally reborn. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, a new life from this point on. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. How do you go to bed that night where you... Uh, excited were you nervous were the night before the big day of josh the new josh is gonna crack from the egg like a brand new little (laughs) brand new chick coming out what what was your mindset where did you have any any nervousness of i don't know if i should do this is this going to be safe is this the right way should i keep trying other alternative methods of losing weight before i go under you know go into a procedure Mm -hmm. where were you at I was scared, but everything was going so well. Yeah, I got. It's kind of weird how the story starts with this because, I we we just moved to New Lenox. We bought a house. I do believe it was the June twenty first. New Lenox is a suburb of Chicago. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got married June thirtieth. We went on our honeymoon to Key West, and we already knew the date that I was having this surgery done. Okay. So we went to Key West, and I tore it up. I already knew I'm going in for this surgery. I'm going to tear it out. I'm going to eat good. It's our, my wife goes, let's wait until to have the surgery after our honeymoon. Okay. There you go. So we could just tear it up. <laughs> I ate a lot of key lime pie. I'm not going to lie. Ah, um, we come back uh, July 4th. I had 11 days for those 11 days. Um, I had to go on a liquid diet. Okay. The first 10 days is strictly um, one of your favorites. Uh, Premier Protein. That's after surgery? No, this is before surgery. Before surgery I'm leading you up to the day of the surgery. Yeah. So, what you, so what you said about just more or less going on a full-out binge. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked in addiction for probably eight months. I, I, I dealt with a lot of some of the medicines with addiction. And a lot of the stories that I hear from the providers is before someone goes in to, to get off of, uh, a narcotic. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go all in. We're gonna we're gonna do as much as possible because this is my last hurrah. That's right. It was. You were were you an addict to food? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's not an addict to food? I mean, yeah. either if it's healthy food or or bad food, we're all addicts of some kind of food. What were you an addict of? The taste, or were you an addict of the full feeling where you felt satisfied? I was an addict of the taste, like. It was so good, mm-hmm. and I wanted another one. And then when you're down three burgers and a couple of hot dogs, you're like, man, that was so good. Now I feel really stuffed. And then when you overstuff yourself, you're like, damn, I don't even want to move no more. You're disgusted. Mm-hmm. You're disgusted with yourself. Absolutely. Right. But it was right. so good. Oh so you went on this bender. Yeah. Yes, I did. Key West, 10 days of a liquid diet. Why liquid? What was the reason for that? I had to go on a strictly liquid protein diet for, the, for 10 days. Um, the doctor says you have to use uh, premier protein. You'll start getting your nutrients. You'll still get your protein. We have to shrink your insides because when they go in, every, mm-hmm. they want everything shrunken up. Okay. So that's what I did. And on the 11th day, the night before surgery, the day before surgery, I have to drink nothing but water. Okay. And that was it. The next day, I went into surgery. I went to bed that night. Feeling like a million dollars, nervous. The next morning I wake up, we're, we go to the hospital, and we are nervous. We mm-hmm. are scared. And I think 
that's a big thing because a lot of people don't want to have surgeries because yeah. they're worried about the side effects or especially being put under, they might not wake up. Right. Sometimes you got to risk, the risk is worth the reward. Mm-hmm. That's what you were scared of was the, the possible complications of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You weren't scared of the procedure. No. Nope. You were scared of everything else minus the procedure. Right. right. So you woke up from surgery. Yes, I, I definitely woke up. Yeah. All right, oh, congrats. <laughs> I definitely woke up. What, Thank you. what was the first the first steps after that? You just lost a, a more or less the mechanism. There's two mechanisms: your brain and your belly. You lost half of the mechanism yes. to that was giving you this this feeling of I have to eat, I have to get this beautiful taste mm-hmm. until I cannot feel like there's any more space. You woke up. Was it a, like a, a uh, what do they call those, a laparoscopic procedure? Right. How, how do they do this? Do you have like a giant C-section scar in your belly? No, I have three holes. Okay. What do you got against C-section scars? <laughs> I'm just saying. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> so you, it, it's, a lapar, it's a laparoscopic mm-hmm. surgery. I have my appendix removed. Well, congratulations. Well, so when I was a kid, I had my appendix removed. And I have a scar. Literally, it's, well, it's underneath my fat. But it's like that long, and it was horrific. It was yeah. absolutely horrific. And I remember when I woke. It was like sixth grade. I think I had it done. Was was I? In, yeah, sixth grade. I was in sixth grade, and I had the appendix removed. And I was starting to like go through the puberty. Oh. I don't know if you ever seen a movie, Good Boys. He's called a puberty. <laughs> so I was going through a puberty, and I had like seven sprouts going. I'm like, man, I'm a big timer now. I'm turning into a man. I'm a man. <laughs> And my appendix was about to rupture, and I had to go in for emergency surgery. And I woke up that next morning, and my mom and dad were there, and and the doctor comes in, wakes me up, yeah. And I have this giant bandage on me, this giant bandage. And he goes, "All right, we're gonna have to see what this looks like." And he literally just pulled the bandage off, <gasps> and I was in oh. just just, I mean, my my entire abdomen wall was cut. And I'm in horrific pain. Yeah. That did not even compare the pain of losing my puberty. <laughs> what I what I strove to get to, manhood was gone because my six hairs were gone because of that. See, now this is where you got to come here, like Kyle. We're getting off track. It's okay, Kyle. Squirrel, <laughs> squirrel, right, know, bird, right? bird. So, so I got I got to ask you a question, Josh. So. How long is this type of, obviously it's laparoscopic, it sounds like, from the three incision points. So how, how long does this procedure take? Like, are we talking like an hour, a couple hours? I mean. He said roughly about 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. So you. I don't know how long it was. Sure, sure. So you wake up, and like, are you in tremendous pain? I mean, obviously they probably had, a you know, you pumped full of a lot of, you know, drugs and whatnot, but. Like, what do you remember? Like, the first thing you wake up, you're like, okay, I, I'm, I'm alive. I'm, it's done. And, like, are you just in tremendous pain? No pain. Okay. I woke up sweating. Really? Really bad. I was hot. I was on fire. Um, I, I was, my, my wife was right next to me. Um, and I said, honey, I said, I'm burning up. I'm burning up. She goes, really? She, and I was soaked. Like, like, I literally, like, someone just took me out of a pool. I was that wet. So she grabs the nurse. She goes, "He's he's really hot." So they they're bringing fans, and some wet cloths, and soaking me up. And I just couldn't cool down. I okay. think it was from the anesthesia. 
Okay. I'm not really good with words. That's yeah. probably a big what, word for what me. What is that? Uh, don't, don't, what, you really going to make me say it again? I didn't hear him. Anesthesia? Anesthesia? Yeah, okay. whatever. You can, you can say it better it's than French. I can. We fragile. So you had the anesthesia. Yeah. Were you running a fever? Like did No, I was just on fire. It was a side effect. I had to be. Wow. I was on fire. So they moved me to my room. Okay. And I'm still on fire. So they bring more fans, they bring ice packs, they're pouring on me, and I'm melting the ice. I mean it, it it was insane. So then I started getting sick. Uh, so I, I didn't know what's going on. I started dry heaving, okay. dry heaving, dry heaving. And your stomach just had an operation oh, surgery. So the yeah. internal pain of the flexing of that oh, muscle. Oh, it, was, it was, it was in a lot of pain. I was definitely in a lot of pain at that okay. time, especially okay. dry heaving. Yeah. Um, then I would start kind of like throwing up a little bit, but it was like, I, from me dry heaving so much, I was cutting the inside of my throat somehow because of the, the ripping it. Right. So I would, next thing you know, I started spitting blood. Uh, and I was like, what, what is going on here? Um, my, they called my doctor. My doctor came in and goes, everything looks good. He's like, uh, the dry heaving's probably the side effects from the anesthesia. He's smiling. Cause you just want to make fun of me. I'm not. Go I'm, ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. I'll take is, it. Yeah. Um, and he said, okay. I said, okay. I couldn't stop. It just wouldn't go away. So he's okay. I'm going to fix this right now. So then he's like, well, we're going to have to give you morphine, though. I said, oh, okay. Well, I, I'm not oh. a big um, big guy with uh, with meds. pills or pain yeah. meds. Yeah. Yeah. I stay away from everything. Yes. So he's like, this will help you with the pain inside you, and this will help you from, you know, uh, dry heaving. I said, okay. So he's like, but we have to do a blood test, take your blood work every three hours. So, okay. Okay. So, I, I, six hours goes by. I'm still dry heaving and stuff like that because I'm waiting for the doctors to come in and take my stuff. He's like, he comes back in. He goes, all right, we're going to give you the medicine, but we're going to keep you another day. Okay. Um, so, you, instead of you going home, this was on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Instead of going you home, going home Tuesday, you'll be going home Wednesday. I said, okay. So, it's not, it's not an outpatient procedure. They, they actually keep you. Is that, was that a standard protocol? I mean, that, that was almost seven years ago. Six years ago, you had that done? No, I'm going on my third year Third here. year? Th- man, it seems third, like it was forever. Yeah, my third year's <laughs> coming up uh, July. You know what? I just passed my third year. I had it on July 15th. Cheers wow. to you, man. Yeah, that's so, awesome. It's, was it outpatient or it was an inpatient one day? Inpatient. You go in, um, and then you get released the next day. During You do it early in the morning. Then they do the whole procedure, and then they want you to start. Once you wake up, they want you to start walking. Okay. So you got to do laps yep. and laps. You got to take this little, your IV bag mm-hmm. with you and do laps, yeah. you know, you do that and you, they want you to start getting mobile. Right. And then the next day they release you, but not me because um, of the anesthesia. Wow. You go home. Now you're on your own. You're, you're, you're released. It's Wednesday. I go home. They release me at 12 o'clock Wednesday. Okay. They release you. You go home. What is the first thing your mind's saying about food where... Were you craving anything? Were you so hungry where you, like, you can eat anything? Or were you so scared of jeopardizing this procedure mm-hmm. you were going to more or less undereat? Or did you follow exactly to plan? Because there's got to be some type mm-hmm. of regimen, some type of plan they prescribe. We're going to follow it to this T. 
Where, where were you at? Was your like your inner voice saying, "Josh, man, let's let's do something. Let's get something good to eat." It's 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 weird. Um, when they remove your stomach, mm-hmm. that eighty percent, they cut out that hormone that's in your stomach that triggers your mind that you want food. So I wasn't hungry. Okay. And they do give you a thing that you got to follow by. So for the first, I want to say. I can't really recall the amount of time, but I want to say for the first three weeks, you were strictly on like broth. Okay. Um, broth, uh, water. Ice chips or Ice something chips. like that. Yeah. They want you to drink water. Okay. They definitely want you to have the broth. What do you do Soups. for nutrient? Because there's no nutrients in broth. There's sodium, right? There's right. sodium and. Yeah. Um, I had a, uh, and you couldn't swallow pills, so I had to order uh, vitamin patches. Oh really? Vi- I've never heard yeah. of that one. Yeah, you would stick these vitamin patches. So I'm like kind of like, like people with nicotine. They take the nicotine patches. Well, they make a vitamin patch. You had to get it from a ca- this company out of California. Okay. They would send it to you, and you would put these two patches on, and there's your vitamins. So that was your nutrients. Yeah, that was absolutely my nutrients. Okay. Yes. You had no protein going into your body at that time. No. So you were cannibalizing your own muscle for fuel, as well as eating the fat, eating the muscle. Mm-hmm. You, the broth. I, there's what there's no nutrient value in broth besides mm-hmm. taste, and then you were taking a vitamin patch for two weeks. Yeah, roughly about I would say mm-hmm. about two weeks because then I kicked it up a notch to uh, where I was. I can move the cream of wheat. Okay. Uh, which was really good. I could start drinking um, the, the protein shakes. The Premier Protein was. I mean, that was the thing. That's they kept really talking about Premier Protein, Premier Protein, Premier Protein. So I would start drinking those. Okay. But I couldn't eat a lot. I couldn't drink a lot. I couldn't really. I was struggling because I couldn't get enough in. Where was your energy level? I mean, with absolutely nothing coming in you for fuel, you're cannibalizing your body. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a patch for vitamins. Now you start getting some cream of wheat, some nutrient value. I don't know how much nutrient value is in cream of wheat. But the Premier Protein, That's. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we drink those all the time. Absolutely. And there's a good amount of it. How do they ramp that up to getting to a normal daily, this is what you're going to eat? What do you mean? Like, wh- how, what is the progression? The progression of you move from broth and ice chips and a vitamin patch to premier proteins. Still can't swallow pills. Uh, wh- why, why is that for the pills? That- Something with the stomach and breaking it oh, down. Because okay. you have stitches and stuff inside your stomach. They don't want you swallowing any kind of pills for the for because they have a problem breaking it down during that okay. time. That makes sense. It has to, you have to take it really easy on your stomach because then you start moving up to your pureed foods. Okay. So you can't swallow any pills for six months. Six months. Six months. So you were oh, on this. Okay. You were more or less on a glorified liquid to soft food diet for six months. Yes. That's crazy. What did you lose? Like, what was your weekly weight loss from the time that you when you woke when you got home? To the six-month mark. What was that progression? In three months, I lost 103 pounds. Wow. Um, I did so well with it that... Uh, You're the, losing seven pounds a week. It, Eight, it, almost seven and a half pounds a week. A pound a day. Yeah. It, a pound and a half a day. Yeah. If that's what the numbers come out to be, yeah. that's mm-hmm. exactly where mm-hmm. I was at. They were so impressed with it that they actually contacted me to do a, uh article. which i did okay um i ended up being on the front cover and then then dr cahill did an article on me and three pages in wow wow um that's insane so 107 pounds in three months 
you get to the third the third mark third month mark you're down a half a third of you mm -hmm. a third of you you're down did you ever think hey you know i just want a taste of that cheeseburger again where were you at where were you at with mental because the for me the the biggest thing was it's the mental game it's absolutely it it's, is. You're, you're fighting yes. you you're the biggest critic you're the biggest enemy yeah. you're fighting you you lose 107 pounds you're like i made it i'm down to where i want to be roughly right around there mm -hmm. i can eat in moderation again i can go have instead of the whole slab i'll have a fourth of a slab or were you flat out, I'm not touching that because it, like, an, like an addict or someone that has an addiction, once you get a taste, oh, I can have one more. I'll burn it off tomorrow. I'll walk a little farther or I'll, I'll lift a little bit more weights. Mm -hmm. Where were you at at that third mark, that three month mark? I was so dedicated that I didn't touch anything. I followed the thing to the T and I just modified certain things to my, my standard. Um, when you have this surgery, they want you to take a month off of work. Really? 30 days. They don't want you doing anything. Well, I don't know about anybody, anybody out there. I can't afford 30 days off no. of work. Yeah. So when I got released from that Wednesday, when I got released from the hospital, I went back to work. How quickly? That night. That, wait, wait, wait. That night? Yeah, that night. I got released at 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. My shift started at 11 o'clock at night at the railroad. And I had two great guys that, that was my crew that took care of me. So I didn't lift nothing because that was the biggest thing. Don't lift anything. All they want you to do is keep walking. Walking is exercise. So when I was inspecting trains, I would walk and inspect. They would do all the heavy lifting they needed to, and they watched my back 100%. Wow. And I kept on that path of exercising. Mm -hmm. I moved to my pureed foods. And then um, I moved up to chicken breast where you put it in a blender, which that doesn't really work too well. That's like... Chicken breast in a blender? Ew. Yeah, because it turned like was like sawdust. Was it cooked, or, was it cooked like or raw? No, it was, it was cooked, okay. but it, it was terrible. I, I don't want that recipe. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it's so Kids, bad. Kids, <laughs> what are we going to eat? <laughs> yeah. It's ground <laughs> pureed chicken breast. Ew. And certain foods would make me sick. Like, like what? Eggs. I was a huge egg lover. I still am. But I was like, I'm going to move the eggs because it's soft. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah, that made me sick. I didn't, eat, I didn't eat eggs for a year. Ooh. I was so upset because I loved eggs. That's I mean, that was like my, that was a heartbreaker right there. Mm -hmm. um, ketchup. ketchup. Something with ketchup, it, made me, it would make me nauseous. Um, certain foods just re make me really sick. I didn't okay. like peanut butter, but okay. now I love peanut butter. Hmm. I would eat it. If you eat, I was lactose. So if I eat cheese, yes. I'd be on the toilet okay. while I'm eating my pizza. Yeah. Um, no, that doesn't happen anymore. I can eat cheese like crazy and not even see the toilet. Wow. So three years go by and I'm going to just flat out say you're, you're kicking some series, but you're jacked up. Mm -hmm. You're in great shape. There's, um, you know, th there's so much progression that has happened in those three years. Now to play devil's advocate, I also see a lot of people that have these bariatric surgeries mm -hmm. And, and they literally, they'll run through a wall with, I'm going to go get them mentality, mm -hmm. and then they relapse, and they go back. Absolutely, they do, and, and, and it's a shame because it's uh, they're not in the right mindset, and I've had a lot of friends mm -hmm. that have came to me, and I've had so far seven people that have done the surgery because okay. I did it, mm -hmm. and I, I call it one assist because the one guy that did the surgery based off of what I did, he just gave somebody else his doctor, which was my doctor, and now they're having the surgery as well. 
if you don't follow the plan, your stomach is elastic. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. So let's stretch it back out. Let's mm-hmm. let let the insurance company pay fifty grand for this surgery and let's just waste your time by stretching your stomach back out. Do you feel that if the individuals that relapsed, given your say you're on the job training, your expertise because you've gone through it, do they not have enough psychological help, not not enough mind training prior going into that, understanding what the focus is, and this is a long-term change. We mm-hmm. This is a mental change, mm-hmm. a habit change, a mindset change. Do you feel that the people that possibly have relapsed, they might, might have not gone through enough of the psychological aspect of the prep work? Sort of similar to like what you went through, I think so. Or they just they just give up, or they think that mm-hmm. the, that they can just do it again, or they can lose right. it faster. I mean, when I talk to people, I interview them. They'll ask me what how what did you do? I'm like, well, let me talk to you about it first. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. You ready to make a lifestyle mm-hmm. change? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you ready to give up food at the uh, going out to eat all the time and all this other stuff and change? They're like, what do you mean? I don't want to give up food all the time. Well you're not in the right mindset right. and I don't recommend it because I don't want the surgery to fail for you and you'd be another statistic on this mm-hmm. surgery failing. Mm-hmm. It's a lifetime commitment. It's a tool that you have to keep moving with. And I've told people straight out, you're not in the right mindset. Call me when you're in the right mindset right. because I don't want it to fail. You're, I'm going to say right now, one of two people that I know that have gotten bariatric procedures. And I, I know many people that have had it done. Mm-hmm. You're one of two people that have successfully not only maintained it, but continue to kick butt and and thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just we just more or less unofficially booked uh, another individual, a, a young lady that had bariatric procedure. We're going to talk to her about hers as well in the coming weeks. And, and I can't wait to hear her history and, and everything that went through. But as of right now, you're one of two people mm-hmm. that I know that had this procedure and that have thrived since. It's I, hard. I, the, the, this surgery is hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's a game changer because it mentally beats you down. It physically beats you down. You know how hard it is to not eat bread? I haven't had bread in three years. Why? I mean, you just don't want it or you don't want that carb? The I feel like if I... If I eat something like that, I feel like I'm going to get addicted to it, mm-hmm. and it's just going to make me gain. So I find alternatives. Um, I tried that keto bread for the first time the other day. It's got yeah. like one gram of carbon in and like 70 calories. That seems like it's doing okay. Mm-hmm. And then the mission makes those carb uh, carb balanced uh, tortillas. The I tried wraps. that once. Yeah, yeah. I tried, tried playing with those a little bit. Pasta, I usually eat those spiral uh, zucchini things. Sure. I haven't had mm-hmm. pasta. Um, but it beats you down because me and my, we like to go out to eat. Yeah. And you have to look at, you know, what you're, oh, I don't want no potatoes. I need the extra vegetables. Or um, I want a burger. Can you please not bring the bun out? I just want the meat, and we'll go mm-hmm. from there. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't eat a, a whole burger. I can eat half of a burger, but just no bread. Do you weigh your food or measure any of it? In the beginning, I did. Okay. Um, in the beginning, I did because I wanted to know. They said you wanted to stay around four ounces. That was my mm-hmm. daily intake was four ounces, four ounces per meal, but you had to eat more protein than your vegetables. So they wanted you to eat protein first, then move to your vegetables. Okay. So I did it pretty much like three, three ounces of chicken and then one ounce of broccoli or whatever in general. Um, now 
Um, it's kind of weird because the surgery plays a, a, a role on your body. So if I start eating, I know when I'm full because yeah. my nose starts running and I start sneezing. Really? Yeah, it's weird. And then I start grabbing on my that. head. It's like the great outdoors with the guy with the lightning. Say. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. And <laughs> I start grabbing my head and rubbing it like that because I'm in, in like in distress because I'm I'm stuffed. I'm not over full. Okay. My body's already runny nose. I start sneezing. I know I'm full. I push the plate away. And when it first happened to me, I'm like, this is kind of weird. You know, my nose is running all the time and I'm sneezing. Huh. So I on Facebook at the time when I was on Facebook, they had a. Um, of people that lost weight, had the surgeries and sure. all that stuff. And sure enough, that was one of the side effects. Until this day, when I start getting full, my nose starts running, I start huh. sneezing, I am now done. All right, so your nose is running, you're yes. sneezing. We're here today. It's weird, I know, I know. <laughs> you're here today. What are the biggest wow moments you've had since the weight loss? What were some big milestones of over three years of, of mm-hmm. maintaining it continually to kick butt with, with your progression? What it, what are uh, uh, what, what accomplishments? Is a, yes. What are some big wows that have happened that you could never yeah. even imagine? Yeah. My first year out, out of surgery, I ran a 5K in full duty uniform. Explain that. What to do? I know what that is, but explain that to us. Um, yeah. Orland Hills has a thing called the Turkey Trot. It's a 5K, and I think that's like. You're more of a runner than I am lately. So it's is that three point one, three point two? What? How many miles is that? It's, it's a too many. So it's uh, whatever. It's like, it two, we'll just, uh, two I'll give myself three. credit. It's three point two miles. Our stati- statistician says three point two. Three point two. Um, I put on my vest. I I put on my boots, my duty belt, my gun, whatever you see on a policeman wears on a daily basis. Okay. And I ran three point two miles with one of my good friends in that race and we finished it while wearing full duty uniform could i have done that when i was heavy absolutely not i mean i kept up with him before in my Mm -hmm. younger years but i could even dream about doing that and i did it with all that weight on top of me probably the amount of weight i lost but i did it with all full gear and the people in the community were just like that was their wow i remember that that was there. Well, yeah, you took pictures. You you were actually uh-huh. really excited about it. He was he was cheering me on. It was it was amazing. What about your family? How's that changed? Um, it's good. Um, I mean, I my lifestyle. It, it, the amount of food I can't eat is good, but we just make. You know, my wife's like, oh, we can't eat this. We can't eat that. Yes, we can. We we modify. Sure. We do a lot of modifications. Yeah. Um, I'm able to get around as a lot. Um. Do things more with my wife. Do things more with my kids. Be more active. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says my energy. I know for a fact, but she says my energy level is always up. I'm always going. I don't okay. stop. I just your amount of energy that comes out of this is insane. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was a hyper person before. Yeah, I'm a really hyper person now, <laughs> and I'm bouncing <laughs> off of walls just to get things done. And and that's because the amount of I don't carry all this weight that wears right. me down anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I even actually like she. She always makes fun of me about when I look at myself in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, I put on a shirt and tie. Now I actually like looking at myself with a shirt and tie That's awesome. Um, before I hated it because yeah. I had this gut and I look like a slob mm-hmm. and now maybe the people's per, 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 uh, perception of me in uniform. Now they don't see this overweight cop that they can, mm-hmm. you know, this guy doesn't take care of himself. Right. Now they see a guy that this guy is physically fit. He does take care of himself. He does care about himself. Mm-hmm. He loves himself. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, medically, your numbers are all oh my kind God. Of in line. The, I mean, the only problem I got going on right now, like, I just had my blood work done um, two weeks ago. Okay. And I love when I get my numbers back because they're always perfectly in the green. All your vitamins are good because I take a lot of vitamins. Sure. I drink a lot of protein. I take a lot of supplements. So everything's good. And I had one thing that was in the yellow, and I was like, what is this? Comes to find out, I'm dehydrated. I don't drink enough water. So now I'm on this water kick. I hate water. I really hate water. I'm a big energy drink kind of guy. Okay. But I drink the good energy drinks, no sugar, no carbs, all this other uh-huh. stuff. They're probably not good for you anyways. <laughs> but now I'm on this water kick. So everybody says you got to drink this gallon of water. So I ordered this big gallon thing of water that my okay. wife makes funny about. She goes, you really need one of those big things to keep track of your water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so I'm trying. You. I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying right. it. But yeah. that's the only thing that was bad. I was dehydrated. Okay. One of the, the most memorable things that I've noticed with you not only with the race, but he put up a video, shared a video about a year ago, two years ago. His son is, is a great wrestler. He was a great high school wrestler. Oh. And he was rolling around on the mat with mm-hmm. him. And, yes. and he kept up He and he kept up with Caleb, and he, he's a good wrestler. He threw me around. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I give him, he is a great wrestler. He, uh-huh. he's a very, he, he was great. If he wanted to even be better, he could have been better. But to get on that mat, knowing that I was 181 pounds at the time and I can actually roll around with him. He picked me up and threw me around like I was a rag down and I got scared. Because you were that light. I absolutely, I got scared. I'm like, oh my God. Before he'd never be able to pick yeah. me up. Wow. And I got really scared. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to lose to this kid. Yeah. I can't lose to my son. Absolutely not. Right. So I would stall as long as I can on the mat as he's trying to beat me up. On, you know, He's riding me. He's trying to beat me up a little bit. And I just had to wait for him to wear out his energy. Then I took my... There you I go. I took it. There you go. You know, but... At that time when he threw me around, I really knew how light I was because mm-hmm. I got nervous at that point. Wow. That's awesome. That's, Beth, yeah. any closing questions? We can wrap this up. You know, I, I'm just, I just want to commend you for the for the job that you've done. Oh, I'm, oh that's right. I'm watching Sorry. the bars. There's no Sorry. bars. I, I just want to commend you, Josh, for just the, the job that you've done and the fact that you went along this journey and, you know, you've stuck with it. Because like Kyle had said, there's just so many people that have, you know, unfortunately it hasn't worked for them long term, you know. And so I would just say, you know, encourage you to keep going. I mean, I, the, the, the smile on your face, though, <laughs> it's it's tremendous. I wish everybody smile. could see the smile on Miles Josh's face. Yeah, but it's but it's awesome. So I just, you know, I appreciate you sharing your story with us today. So thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, the, the uh, journey and everything behind this. It's a long road. It's a lot of work. It's very hard. You have to be committed or it will fail. And you have to have a good support system. And thank God my wife was very supportive and my kids stood behind me. Even with the different kind of food changes we have in our household, it starts at home. And if you can get your family and your your significant other to back you, you can succeed. You can succeed. Mm-hmm. Especially when you start looking at yourself, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm looking a lot better. I'm looking a lot better. I'm losing weight. I'm being more active. But it's it, it's a game changer. It takes a lot of work. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like, it's a full-time job. Every day I deal with it because I really do want to eat a burger with a bun mm-hmm. with no problems and don't care. But I have to tell myself that's not good for myself. And then you have to battle those demons mm-hmm. inside of you. Like Goggins says, make make the inner voice your bitch. Yeah. And, uh for three years, I, I have. Yeah, honest <laughs> to God, man. Well, good for you. Glad. I'm really proud of you. I've told you that several times, and now we're going to put that in, into a uh, a forum so everyone's going to hear it. it. You kick butt, man. You're, you're a big inspiration to me and, and my change. And 
there's a tool for everybody and you use the tool the right way and you're and you're continuing to kick butt and you're you're awesome man. you just keep doing keep doing what you're doing and keep being an inspiration to so many i'm just proud of you i mean i i know that I, i'm proud of myself but i came to you and i approached you when you were heavy and i said hey man yeah might want to get this weight loss surgery I'm pretty sure I, I talked. You, you came out of the elevator, and you did. we're talking. I'm like, you know, I think you, you know, Kyle. I think you might want to talk to this doctor. You know, he's like, I'm gonna do it on my own, and that's what he told. You. He looked me in the face. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna try on my own first, and you, you, you smashed it, man. You, you just, mm-hmm. you smashed it. People can't do this at our age. Lose this kind of weight, and uh, this age, my hands off, man. Just because my birthday was yesterday, I'm not. Happy belated. Slap both of you. Oh, he got a text message. At, uh, <laughs> he got a text message, I think, at 12.03 for me, happy birthday. And he yes. responded immediately. I was like, yeah, yeah this guy's still up. I was editing a podcast. I was editing the Bev B podcast. That's what I was they doing. They go, something to podcast to listen to. But there, there's a tool for everybody. And right. if what works best for you might not work for me, what might work for me, like I do the scientific macro tracking, that's not for you. That's mm-hmm. not your thing. I might want to try that though. I mean, it's not it's not my thing. I would like to know how it works and how to do it. Yeah. Maybe one day you can. Let's, uh, let's do it. We can man. sit down let's and. Let's do and, it. And, mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, we're coming up to the hour twenty mark, Josh. Thank you so much. Bev B is on the mic next to me. That was like a rhyme. It was like I a. Like it. Uh, and we will have a little bit more of. Uh, I'll figure out this court situation, so we're not sharing a, a microphone here, like. Uh, Sonny Bono and Cher, and so it'll be a little be a little bit more comfortable. So we're not sitting on top of each other. It's really cute, isn't it? It, it is pretty cute. <laughs> Thank you so much, Josh. Man, you're awesome. Keep kicking, kicking butt, and thanks, Mike. We really appreciate you back there listening to the. That, that's podcast. our statistician. We we his, his <laughs> alias is is that. But uh, Josh, awesome job, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Inspirate podcast. Thank you to Josh Patton for coming on and telling his story of transformation and growth. Hopefully he can inspirate somebody with what he went through and his continued strides of success several years after his procedure. Thank you so much to our sponsors at Vittori Foot and Ankle Specialists. You can visit them online at VittoriFootClinic.com. And thank you to our newest sponsor, Palermo's of 63rd Street. You can visit them at www.palermosof63rd.com to get all three location phone numbers in Chicago, Frankfurt, and Maryville, Indiana. Make sure you follow us, like us, and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, Amazon Music, and wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time on the Inspirate Podcast.